In Las Vegas, the house always wins. But this past month, the security department did not. That's my opening line. That's that's my way into this story. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually say that the shareholders also lost quite substantially. Yeah, they didn't do so hot either on this one. Uh, this chat episode of Hacked, we are talking about the recent twin attacks of two of the biggest casino companies in Las Vegas. What we know so far about the hacks that happened this past month against MGM and Caesars. Scott? Me. You. Just very, very recently, uh, Sony had to come forth and say that they have again been breached. Not sure if it's related. This hack is still pretty new as of recording, but definitely something I want to talk about. And I want to talk about, oh, I've got, we've got a couple things to talk about, but I would like to talk about what I'm guessing is probably going to be the new reality TV show uh, of 2023 that everyone's going to be talking about. Uh, the crypto shark tank killer whales. I I have been shopping my pitch for this, getting ready, getting ready to go in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dear killer whales, I have a project to tell you. Yeah, no, I I, I can see it. I have some ideas for this show Let's I want to talk Let's to do you it. about. Uh, all that and more in this chatty episode of Hack. How you doing, Scott? Uh, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm enjoying the... We're in the... Where I live, we're in the 72 hours of fall. So it is um, <laughs> cooling, very beautiful, lots of rainbowy leaves, gradients on the trees. So trying to enjoy yes. the last little bits of uh, weather that isn't killing you the second you leave your house. So yeah. So that's... Sure. Sure. You're talking about the, yeah, the four days, give or take, where stuff is orange before the six months where it's white, just white out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just white. It's yeah. white. Uh, I'm happy to announce the seven months of rain set in over this past weekend. <laughs> yes, that's true. You were into the the slumbers of British depression. Oh, dude, I'm in it. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> like, it, it hits so abruptly. I went from shorts a week ago to, like, full-blown... Pacific Coast kind of rain you know, gear rain jackets and blundstones. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, nice. Um, so I'm, I'm just like staring at a sun lamp from about six inches away with my eyes held open like the clockwork orange guy just trying to like beam uh, vitamin D into my skull. Well, I think under that rain jacket, something that would look exceptional is one of the new hacked hoodies <laughs> that are coming very, very soon. Very, very soon. I'm actually just waiting, waiting for samples right now. So... We've got the merch store set up. The products have been set up. I just ordered a few things to make sure that it's not, you know, bad. And so we're just waiting for the samples. And then uh, the shop will be live very soon. I think we are coming up on a calendar year since we said we were going to put it up. So goodbye us. They told us that no one could get an enamel mug made in less than a year. And they were right. It's simply not possible. Uh, but we we finally done it. We've got hats. <laughs> We've got hats of various types. I'm, <laughs> I'm putting a controversial product in the store. Yeah, bucket. I'm putting a controversial hat in the store. Okay. <laughs> that I think is going to be on the comeback sooner than you think. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but I think if you imagine, okay. seeing as like fashion is cyclical, something that was like in style <laughs> 25 years ago, 28 years ago, I feel like it's got to make a comeback. I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's coming back. 
So we're putting one of those in the store and we'll see, we'll see. The analytics will tell us whether it's on the come up or not. I'm so intrigued. When you said old timey hat and you said 20 years ago, which is not what I'm picturing, but I was picturing immediately like a Peaky Blinders (laughs) cap, which just doesn't match with the sort of techie hacked things. Just paper boy hats. Little little newsboy caps. Yeah, totally. I do like a newsboy cap. Don't wear them. They don't suit me, but but I do like them. Find a daily aesthetic. No, I bring too much newsboy energy just when I wake up in the morning. Like if I then add a newsboy cap, it's no, I'm, I can't pull it off. I can't rock. I it. feel like the long Gore-Tex trench, a- you know, the blundies. I feel, I feel like the newsboy <laughs> cap could yeah. fly in that world. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I said maybe like I agreed, but I didn't. Um, I'm not sure. Well, that, I do really want to talk about uh, last um, the last episode, the one that I missed mm. your interview, I thought it was great, but oh, I think thanks, before man. we jump into that, we should maybe, Oh, uh, thank some patrons. I think that we should probably thank some, some of our new patrons at uh, hackedpodcast.com. A really fantastic way to support the show. Absolutely. I would like to thank Heather Scott. Thank you very much. You know what? I too would and like Chris to thank Vaughn. Heather Scott and Chris <laughs> Vaughn. I, as I, as I, as I conjure the list in front of me, I'd like to just double down on thanking <laughs> our dear friends, Heather and Chris. Okay. Well then also we should, should direct that thanks to uh, a Rachel Jess and a Mikhail Oxkowski. Mikhail Oxkowski uh, and Rachel Jess. Thank you so much. I'm okay. We're, we're double dipping this whole thing. Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Mikhail. Thank you. This, I got I, I don't know if you've seen the top of this list, but the, yeah. the last one is going to be a trial for even you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yep. I would like to thank Avant Gardner. Avant Gardner. Which I'm thank you so much. sure is probably not your name. No. But thank but, you so much but it, anyway. But it's a heck of a handle, and I really like it. Thank you so much, Avant. And last but certainly not least, Coolit Jidgast. <laughs> Coolit Jidgast. Coolit Jidgast. You know, thank you so much. Whatever your name is, we love you nonetheless. Whatever your name is, I did did, just shrugging in the darkness. Like, ah, you two, honestly, it really does mean a lot to us. We talk about this before we start recording. Thank you all so much. I actually know a bit of Dutch and was thinking that this might be some word that I've never heard. Mm. So I Googled it and I I found a Twitch streamer uh, with the same name. So if that's you, Thank you very much, but I could not find a <laughs> definition or a pronunciation guide for this word, so we are very, very sorry for how bad we've butchered it. <laughs> We're flying without a parachute. I can't remember what it was, um, but in the hacked Discord, which you can get access to if you if you support the show on Patreon, it's a lot of fun, very little fun, nerdy community. Um, I was talking with a guy who I believe is Polish who... Um, correctly roasted my Polish pronunciation mm, mm. Uh, in a past episode of something. So I feel like for whatever the dynamic is that I'm good at riffing out a pronunciation off the dome, uh, not that good at it. Well, I'm sure he'll have something to say about Mikhail Oxkowski <laughs> because I believe that's also Polish and I apologize. <laughs> looks, it looks very Polish. Uh, thank you all so much. It means a lot. Hackedpodcast.com if you want to support the show. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about the last episode. So, sad I missed it. it Honestly, fun. when I was listening to it, I was really sad I missed it because mm. the the gentleman Damien, mm-hmm. 
sounds like totally somebody that I'd get along with. I think you would. Yeah. Mathematical and nerdy, totally. eloquent. He was he was he was all I look for in a podcast <laughs> interview partner, you know? You and him are gonna, we're gonna have to link you two up. Yeah, he was a really nice dude. Um he made time to talk with us. He's done a lot of interviews about this. Um which is always interesting to sit down with someone who has been able to talk through something and he's still, he's still really engaged in it. Like he's finding fun, new ways to think about it. Um, he's an interesting guy, unique intersection of tech law and a really passionate uh, creator and consumer of the arts. Cool guy, interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we talk about in the episode, it is fun to imagine or interesting to imagine what a less altruistic person with the same idea Damien had might have done with this idea and kind of just being thankful that it was Damien and his buddy Noah that cooked it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, uh, one of the things I found interesting is I'm, when he was talking about the, the connection to Spotify and yeah. looking at like, you know, cataloging songs based on the melodies that were in use. Yep. There's a, and it was, it was, I think a question that you asked him that brought him into that realm, uh, talking about like, looking at and evaluating melodies and using AI to predict what will be good. Sure. The There's actually years and years and years ago, I read kind of like a white paper from these this group called Hook Theory. Okay. And it was kind of in a similar thing where they'd taken like almost all the pop songs they could get their hands on and essentially cataloged and archived their, their chord progressions and melodies. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. I've been to this before. This is really cool. Yeah. So they built this entire, so I, when I first saw it, it was literally like a white paper that they had written, but now there's like software and yeah. they have this entire suite of, of things, but you can be like, I want the first note of my progression to be an F sharp mm-hmm. and it'll be like 76% of the time, this is followed by a C or like, you know, it'll, it'll kind of give you these predictive measures and then it'll show you what pop songs kind of were constructed using the same mathematical process. So anyway, mm. very cool, very cool little little add-on. Not sure if it relates, but it'd be interesting to look at taking their their melodies and running them through that, and it'd be another interesting way to use the data and marry it up. But I anyway, think just a, a, a cool tidbit that I would have thrown in had I been there. So Yeah, I think it's super related. And it would be cool to almost like take the data set that they created and cross-reference it against what hook theory knows about popular songs and see, okay, well, a lot Mm. of popular songs would go from a C to a G minor. Um, How many times does that transition take place inside of this data set? It would also be cool to, to build the antithesis set or the anti set of that, (laughs) take all the bad songs that aren't popular. Yeah. Catalog them and, and, and build the construct the, the anti hook theory of being like, if you started this with sure. a this, definitely don't use this. <laughs> These songs are bad. Anyway. No, it's interesting. Uh, very, very cool interview. Two things come to mind. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, the next, our, our next mm-hmm. fun interview, we won't spoil it, but we're all, all three of us, you, me, and the subject are all going to be there. And I think people are going to really enjoy it. Yeah, it's hope. It's hope. It's uh, the last thing I want to say about this. And it's just because you brought up hook theory. So I've been using chat GPT for music. Hmm. And it's pretty good. Say you're writing a piece of music and you're like, okay, I'm going from A major up to C sharp minor down to F sharp minor. Generate me a couple options for a next chord to go to if I wanted to do a country shuffle turnaround style thing. 
You can give it that sort of natural language prompting, and it's really good at helping you figure out what the next chord is. Really? It's pretty good at it. Yeah, it has, and it 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 seems to understand what it's talking about. It's not like when you ask it to do math, and it's like, I'm pretty confident this is the number, and you realize, I don't think you know what numbers are. <laughs> it's not doing that. It's It has scraped the right data set to be able to answer some of these questions. But the thought I had was it can write music for me to then play can only write out text. The thought I had was, could I get it to play music? Is there a way to wire yeah. chat GPT together so that it could produce something that I could listen to? So that should be very easy. You'd just be pumping out MIDI. So uh, chat GPT can't produce <laughs> MIDI files, but it can create uh, event lists, which are a plain text version of the information that is stored inside of a MIDI file. You know what I'm talking about where it says at this moment turn this yeah, yeah, on at yeah, this yeah. velocity. Yeah. So what I had it do gate open, gate close. Exactly. Uh I went to uh, Jordan's first programming exercise. I uh using ChatGPT installed a little MIDI library for Python and I had it write a little Python script to convert event lists into MIDI files. Then I created a prompt to have it take whatever musical prompt I've given it and convert it into one of these event lists, which I then run through the Python script, which kicks out a MIDI file, which I brought into Logic, and I had it play. I had a natural language uh, thing, play some piano chords, and it worked. Wow. Was it good? No, it sounded like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good at all. So, <laughs> so you and I both know that music is math. Yeah. We both know that ChatGPT is bad at math. So it, <laughs> we can then infer that ChatGPT is bad at music. It's You know what it is? Uh, it's pretty good at, it's okay at writing music. It's atrocious at playing music. The second I asked it to play, it was like, you want these chords played rapidly then? Like one, two, three, four. It's like, no, I would slow it down. You know, give me four beats between the chord transitions. And it just, I don't know, it had no soul. The the MIDI it was kicking out had no soul. So we've got a ways to go on that. But uh, it was a pretty fun experiment. Okay, so so we can fix ChatGPT MIDI, the Jordan Blumen project, by giving ChatGPT soul. We have to train it what soul is. I should give it that prompt. Define what is soul in regards to music and then implement that in the generation of my MIDI, please. Honestly, you should see some of these prompts. We should move on. But the, some of the prompts I was giving it, once I'd gotten the thing stitched together, but it was churning out really, really bad piano performances, I was get, like I was really I was like a director trying to coax the performance out of an actor. Like, no, I want you to slow down. It's soulful. I want you to think about your relationship with this person. I was just trying to get something out of it. And it couldn't, it couldn't do it. It couldn't do it. Imagine, imagine you're a teenage girl in love. And totally. you just experienced your first heartbreak. We're going to take we're, that energy and apply it to this chord progression. Exactly. And it's like, do you mean bong? I'm like, no, I didn't mean bong. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work, but uh, we'll check in in six months. I'll see if, if the uh, event lists it kicks out are any better than the ones that it was giving me. I think we should give you some commendations. You did your first programmy thing. I did. You I wrote work. a bit of Python. You installed an external library <laughs> and used it in your Python. You probably took input from a command line. Very good. I'm, I'm impressed. I, truly I, I really appreciate that. 
it was such a small deal, non, you know, it's just such a, it doesn't matter at all that I brought it up on my podcast for everyone to hear about it. <laughs> Did you have to parse <laughs> like the open text, like the event list? Did you have to dump it in as text and then iterate through yeah. it line by line it, parsing it? It's, I didn't have to parse the event list, though probably I could have gotten better results if I did. But yeah, I had to grab the event list as text and bring it into the Python uh, script every single time I was doing this. There's like essentially like a little area where I uh, plop that in. So you had, you, you had like a, an open variable that was the event list. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, I'm sure there's a better way to do it than that. Um, so in week two work. of Jordan's programming thing, you can open an external <laughs> file and read the contents in. Oh dang! Okay, next up. So we we'll 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 execute three more weeks of Python tutorials, and then we'll get back to everybody that listens to this podcast about how you're coming as a as a junior programmer. Stay posted, and I'll I'll drop the record <laughs> whenever I think it's ready. I'll teach it how to chop samples. Somebody must have. This is we're just completely in digression land here, but somebody oh, yeah. must have Deep. written an API into ChatGPT, so you wouldn't even need to give it prompts. You could put the prompts inside of the Python file or type them into the command line as you're generating it. And then that's probably you probably true. wouldn't even wouldn't even have to bring the MIDI into I believe you can play do you remember original music on the internet? This might be before your time, but people would input MIDI and it would like essentially be you'd put a MIDI file on your like you know, GeoCities page, and it would make like bings Sick. and bongs and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. yeah. So yeah. I wonder if you Use could actually coax loads. Python into into auto playing it exactly, exactly. Uh, Scrolling flaming yeah, text yeah. and auto loading MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that didn't come back during the uh, web design <laughs> nostalgia little wave that we're in right now. Um, no, honestly, I mean, you bring up a good point. I think this whole thing. I, about a week after I did this, I was fiddling around in ChatGPT and I was getting some new uh, plugins installed. If you have ChatGPT4, Chat GPT you can run plugins. They've gotten quite good. Um, and I was like, this is, someone's just going to make this into a plugin. Like this whole silly mm -hmm. work around, they're just going to figure out a way to let it produce MIDI files. It'd be um, very easy. This is like a plugin ready type thing. It'd be really, really easy. And honestly, yeah. it sounds like Dolly 3, the image generation also created by OpenAI, is going to be woven directly into ChatGPT4 in the coming weeks, hmm. which sort of just paints a world where you can do natural language prompts to create images, and inevitably you'll be able to do natural language prompts to create audio files, eventually yeah. video files. Like that's, yeah. they want to be the big dog. They're probably going to weave it all into that system, and anything they don't will become like market share for plugin developers. Yeah, Microsoft wants to see it as soon as possible. Okay, okay. Vegas. Let's talk about <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> Let's talk about Vegas. Uh, Jordan, what do you think about Vegas? Do you love Vegas? Do you hate Vegas? Have you been to Vegas? Uh, I, I've never been to Vegas as an adult. Uh, I have memories of going as like a little kid on a family trip, but I've never had the like modern, I've never had the full Las Vegas experience. How about you, Scott? You've never had the bachelor party, the Vegas bachelor party? No, none of them have gone um, there. No. <laughs> uh, I recently went to Vegas. I hadn't been there since I was a child hmm. uh, on the same kind of thing, going to see the Grand Canyon, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, just flew in and out of Vegas. Uh, but loved it because I was a little skater rat, and there were plenty of places to skateboard, and it was a nice. kind of a vibe down there. I see that. But the, um, yeah, uh, went back as an adult, Two years ago, 
some friends that got married in COVID had no wedding, mm. no bachelor party, no stag party. So we went with Vegas to them for like a weekend away and uh, had a terrible time. <laughs> definitely, definitely really? don't think I'm a Vegas type. I do like I do like gambling, um, which is like should mean that I love yeah. Vegas, but it's just kind of it's just kind of like a it's just let's just say that the vibe is not my vibe down there. I was I uh, didn't have a terrible time. I had a lovely time with friends and ate some good food and stuff like that. But everything's you know very opulent, very over the top, sure. and then. You leave the strip and it's very much not like that, and it's still kind of like seedy and dirty. Sure, and I don't know. Didn't love Vegas. Let's just say that. No, no, no reasons to go back. It's one of those places where I I know I'm going to have a strong reaction to it in one of two directions. Mm. I'm either going to have the intuitive one, which is that this city <laughs> exists in defiance of God's will in the middle of the desert, everything costs a fortune, <laughs> and I'm not having a good time, or it might like twist all the way back around to being like, this is the tackiest thing I've ever seen. And it rules. Like, I don't know which of the two it's going to be, uh, but it's one of the two mm. not to call Vegas tacky. It might be a lovely yeah. city <laughs> when you're under the baby Eiffel tower. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, like it, it's definitely got a thing. Like if you, if you're like a conference, like yeah. Defcon or something like great place to have it because you're probably not leaving a confined area. Yes. And sure. Just hanging out with a bunch of people, lots of services, lots of restaurants, lots of things yep. to do. There's always things to do, which I think would be the best. I thing. think we got to check out DefCon next uh, year. But the vibe of it, yeah, the like, the like thousands of like drunk college people, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know. It was. It's it's, it's an interesting, interesting place. place. Let's just say that it's an interesting place. Interesting place. But anyway, what else happens in Vegas? Well. 20 minutes deep into the cybersecurity show, uh, some stuff got hacked. <laughs> this past month, Las Vegas was the epicenter of a significant cyber attack targeting two of the most prominent casino chains. Uh, you've heard of them, MGM Resorts and Caesars Entertainment. Did you happen to stay at either of those two, Scott? I did. I think I did actually stay at an MGM property because that's the thing is like these are such massive Yeah. Consortiums exactly. that they own so much, Bingo. yeah. Because I know this hack also affected their. Um, what's the little part in China? The little Las Vegas of China. Why can I not remember? Oh, that? Macau. Macau also affected their Macau yeah. properties. So I think it. I think it completely mm -hmm. turned off most of their casino operations globally. Yeah, you you got it, Macau. Uh, there I have been. Very cool place. You've been in Macau, but, uh, as you. I have been to Macau. Yeah, I made the trip when uh, my partner and I were in Hong Kong. We kicked it over there. Hmm. Take a crazy like bridge. It's really cool. Mm. Uh, very cool place. Um, I think different than Vegas in a lot of ways, but uh, similar in some other ways. <laughs> but in any case, yeah. So as you said, MGM isn't one resort. The affected properties here. It's the whole line that they have: Mandalay Bay, Bellagio, Aria, a bunch of different places. So. It's worth talking about the differences between these two hacks. We're going to get to Caesars. Uh, suffice it to say, it was milder. The MGM Resort uh, hack was not just a data leak, like we've kind of talked about here before. Mm -hmm. This was a real physical infrastructure compromise. Um, throughout the casinos themselves, just the basic functions of the building were being interrupted. Key cards were not opening doors into rooms. Slot machines were going dark. ATMs were malfunctioning. The credit infrastructure for things like food and beverages throughout the resorts, those weren't working. Um, there's been a slow recovery, but early 
I think as of time of this recording, some of those systems still are technically offline. The name of the hacker group I find interesting. Scattered Spider. Yes. That's the name, right? That's who, who's being implicated as being behind it? Yeah, you got it. Scattered Spider. Scattered Spider, also <laughs> known as UNC 3944, Scattered mm. Swine or Muddled Libra. But the name you hear most is Scattered Spider. So we should talk a little bit more about what happened in MGM and uh, Caesars. But just to give you a, a sense of it, the high level, like the big headline for Scattered Spider Group mm -hmm. is Young and Social Engineering. Best estimates are that they're between the ages of 19 and 22, probably based in the U.S. or the U.K., which is pretty novel for these groups across a couple of different uh, axes. And the last big important thing is that they are voice phishing people. Um, they work with another group called ALPHV, I guess Alpha V you might call that, Alpha v. Um, who is providing the ransomware is Alpha V, Alpha V, uh, who is, I'm not trying to mispronounce their name. <laughs> at all uh they're the group providing the ransomware as a service that scattered spider seems to have mm -hmm. deployed in this hack against mgm but their role in it was they did the calls remember we're talking about some of the lapsus hacks um this one because this this one was yeah, yeah. similar-ish in the sense that right at the beginning of like the first thing i read about this hack octa got mentioned and i was like ooh. Is this another Okta related one? Because I remember that was mm -hmm. coming through, and I was like, uh, "So then, Hello. Okta yeah. eventually came out and said, yes, we we were related in this. There were compromised Okta servers, um, and apparently they were sniffing, like they'd set up sniffers and stuff on those servers, and were actually like using them to expand their mm. access into the domain. So interesting. Yeah, it's like." I feel bad for Okta because I feel like the last the last bunch of big hacks like yeah, this I've read deal. about they've been not implicated but like their name is in the in the credit roll you know and it's it's for somebody who makes cybersecurity sure. software and two factor authentication stuff when 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 major hacks come out and you're getting talked about as being a origin point or something like that for an attack vector it's like bad bad so i feel feel bad for them i know probably like everything that i've heard this happens to be more of like a social engineering they you know got a bunch of access use that access to gain mm -hmm. more access etc cetera, etc cetera. but it just uh just another another point of interest that they're yeah. they're in the in the in the credit role for this hack it's tough it's sort of like market share invites a law of large numbers problem exactly you, exactly. you make by all accounts, one of the best products in this category, which has earned you all of this market share, which just means yeah, eventually precisely. you're going to be involved precisely. in some, some compromises. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the sharp edge of success. So yeah, as you said, it looks like they, Scattered Spider, collaborating with Alpha, Alpha V, <laughs> Alpha, uh, gained access to MGM's internal systems on September 11th, 2023. Looks like they posed as an employee that they found on LinkedIn and called MGM's help desk to obtain internal access. Uh, this is how they were able to get that toehold and basically just turn the whole operation off. You brought this up earlier. Correct. Uh, but there's pretty severe financial fallout. Uh, there's two different prongs to this. 
Um, the first one is just sort of the basic operations of the casino. Uh, it's tricky to get the exact numbers right, and we'll talk about why in a little bit, but uh, insider coverage spoke with a professor at the University of Nevada, Gregory Moody, who crunching out an $8 million a day expense at a 10 days of this compromise really being in mm -hmm. full swing puts the cost of this at about $80 million. Moody also flagged that the revenue is about $14 billion, which would suggest a two seventy dollars a week in revenue. So somewhere in the hundreds of millions of dollars just for interruptions yep. to a casino floor and hotel rooms. Um, they were like issuing handwritten receipts for casino winnings. They really did manage to disrupt these businesses in a pretty profound way. Mm -hmm. The other thing is uh, like stock prices. Oh, yeah. I, I fully suspect that they went down here. Let me, I'm pulling this up. I saw enough to know that they didn't go up when this happened. So was their timeline? September? I think September, September 11th is when it, September 10th or 11th is when yeah, it started. It was, and I'm not sure when the news broke, but I think it was pretty quickly was after the, that. The door's, door's not opening. It's pretty canceling your bookings. Um, September 11th, September 7th was when the attack was launched and September 11th is when the statement came out. As per a timeline, so let's just put that with the share price. So let's say, so funny enough, September 8th, the day after, their share price hit a bit of a mid-range high at about 44 U.S. a share. And uh, as of now, it's about 36, 37. So, yeah, it's down considerably, but not not you know, completely broken. It's not like they took like a 60% wipe, which is good. They still own a bunch of casinos. Uh, they'll bounce back. <laughs> um, they got money machines. They got money machines. Called humans that come through the door. A little bit. The other thing that's worth bringing up yeah. here is that, so there's MGM, physical infrastructure affected, mm -hmm. still sort of recovering. Alternatively, Caesars was hacked at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. It's important to clarify here that we're in like a real fog of war situation when it comes to this. This is all a couple of weeks out. Uh, and the people involved in this are social engineers. So there's a, an element of it's really, really, really hard to know uh, if a statement is coming from a true source, if it is coming from the real source, but they're misrepresenting what happened. Basically, it's not totally clear that MGM and Caesars are being done by the same people. Um, mm -hmm. They did happen at the same time but to wildly different effect. Caesars reportedly paid a ransom of $15 million to the hacking group responsible for their hack, a negotiation down from the original demands of $30 million. Um, and it seems like they kind of got away okay. They didn't suffer any public outages. They seem to have managed to have worked their way through this. It looks like they were, like the hackers did gain access through social engineering, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was scattered spider. Sure could. It's a pretty remarkable coincidence if it didn't, but at this point, um, it's kind of just too early to know. And I think that's part of the danger of a lot of these things is we're just talking about secondary reporting, but I read a couple of stories that I won't bring up where claims were made that were later uh, denounced by Scattered Spider on their official blog. Now, they're social engineers, and that's a pretty great way to engineer a little bit of distrust <laughs> about the people covering you, but it could also just be that it's really easy to trick a journalist on you know a signal chat into thinking that you're a hacker so it's still pretty early days the fog of war is thick we don't totally know what happens but <clears throat> something went down in las vegas well, i do know however we're gonna i'm just gonna call it alpha for the sake yeah, let's of it call because it alpha. Be, let's just call it alpha uh, alpha <laughs> the 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 group 
they actually did claim responsibility for the MGM attack, but then they also denied involvement in the Caesars hack. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You never know. Exactly. But, but what a what a day on the strip in Las Vegas it would have been. So yeah, I want to go to Las Vegas for DEF CON at some point in the future because it seems like it would be uh, an interesting experience and some great content for the show. But honestly, I would swap it out to be on Las Vegas the week that this hack went down. I think that would have been quite the experience. I just love would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in like the CISO's office or something, like the chief security person's. Just be like, oh, Can no. you imagine? This is the, the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah, the doors aren't opening. <laughs> All of our systems are compromised. It's amazing. It's amazing when it comes to infrastructure how usually the biggest walls are on the outside. So the second you can get through, you can get like the second you can get sure. the door open and get in the building, it's way easier to, you know, have your way with the rest of the infrastructure. Like if you think about it in the sense of a crime thing, it's like you break into the gallery and once you're in the gallery, you get to kind of choose and, you know, 100%. kind of suss things out better. So kind yeah. of get that same vibe. Yeah, well, clearly that's what happened here. One lie to the right person and some technical know-how. Pretty much gave him free run of a Las Vegas casino chain. So that's <laughs> not even a Las Vegas casino chain. Like hey, an international, international casino chain. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Because wasn't there, didn't, was it Alpha? Alpha? I'm going to call him Alpha. It Wasn't it Alpha that tweeted out that it was like all of this pain came from a 10-minute call, phone call or something? It was like they they like were they were they were mocking it. Yeah, I can't remember where I saw that. I think I might have seen it on 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 X, not Twitter, on X. On X. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot of the press coverage. I think rightly focuses on the social engineering and uh, age and native English profic- proficiency of the hackers. There's something. It's just a little bit different than a lot of these groups to suddenly have a person mm-hmm. who's like, no, I, I understand the Western context intimately because I'm from Denver or wherever they turn out to have been from. To be like, no, it, it's a, it's just a lot easier to lie to someone when you share all of that cultural background. And we don't know exactly where they're from, but if those uh, early reports are true, it, it um, suggests a generational shift, I guess. Well, because the, the lapsus stuff they kind of trace back that was out of great britain so it mm-hmm. wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if this was no. in a similar but also they again too when you're if your name is scattered spider i wouldn't doubt it if it was a number of people from a number of english speaking countries that coordinate and collaborate would make sense honestly you really just need one person it's 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 like the Ocean's Eleven thing. You really you need one person for each job on the crew, and as long as one of you is really good at getting on the horn with someone and just bullshitting your way through some kind of a system, that's really all you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we take a little ad break? I think we ad break. When we come back from the ad break, let's uh, let's get into some cult console wars stuff before we talk about the the hack of Sony and then talk about the coolest new TV show ever. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. 
Well, before we get to uh, the Sony hack, I have a really important question to ask you, which is PlayStation or Xbox, Scott? Mm. Mm. Tough, tough, tough question, Jordan. Hard hitting. I get asked That's this. What we do here at Hack. I get. I get asked this quite a bit, actually, by people that I know, because they're like, hey, you work in the games industry. Sure. Why don't you tell me which console I should buy now that you can actually get one of them? Um, yes, that's true. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I've been a PlayStation ride or die, mm-hmm. and I think Xbox is the way to go going forward. I am intrigued. Yeah, I'm so very, he- very here's intrigued. my... Talking about that cloud gaming clout? No, I'm talking about the fact that I think when you see how the sausage is made, video games are built often for PC and adapted to console. So what that means is, is that the games are tuned essentially to run in a PC world, in a Microsoft structured world often. And the thing with an Xbox is essentially nowadays it's just a PC. So when a game developer decides to release new cutting edge features or you know implement better use of the graphics infrastructure, it, to release that on an Xbox is like a couple of mm. like you know switches sure. in the code. To release that on a PlayStation is a much larger <laughs> problem. So. I think just for the fact that the games industry has gone to a ship it and we'll fix it later structure. Right. I think I think I think my recommendation is Xbox, just given the fact that the developer community responds to the mm. can any any changes and things and fixes that they're making on the PC uh, in the in the code for the game sure. will hit will hit PCs and Xboxes at the same time, which are often the priority. And then the PlayStation will be the the leftover. So I've seen I've seen that in a number of like large point patch upgrades yeah, for sure. certain games. Is that the PC version gets better access to new features and field of view changes and things like that, where the PlayStation sure. has to wait three four months for that change. Inside lane, yeah, I got you. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Great, great, great analogy. Inside lane. Yeah. Xboxes inside have lane. the inside lane and PlayStations have the outside lane. Mm-hmm. So, Well, before we get to the Sony hack. Oh, with that being said, yeah. PlayStation ride <laughs> or die. With that being said. <laughs> Play- no, I'm, I'm with you. I was like a PlayStation kid for years. Uh, Xbox's new cloud gaming stuff is really, really cool. I've been playing Starfield exclusively over, I haven't installed it. I don't have a disc. I haven't installed it on a console. I've been playing it purely through uh, xCloud. And it's a pretty great experience. It's like loading up Netflix on an iPad and connecting a controller and you're just playing the game. It's great. Very cool. Um, It's very, very fun. (laughs) I have Starfield downloaded and have not started it. I think you might like it. Did you ever play Fallout? I did. I did play Fallout. I I also played Mass Effect and worked on it. I, I hear... Yes. It has Mass Effect vibes, but isn't yep. Mass Effect y. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I've, I've, yeah. I'll say this as somebody who was excited for it to come out, set up the pre download, got it downloaded, <laughs> and never found the time to play. The initial reviews that came out made me really want to play. And it seems, yep. last I heard, like its Metacritic score has been sliding. Yeah. 
So I'm not sure what's going on, or maybe the game doesn't have as good a mid-game or late-game play, but it seems it seems like uh, it went from, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever, to, yeah. So I'm not sure, not sure what the hot change is, but I have to check it out for myself. Well, I'm curious for your take on it. I've been having a good time. I like me some practical sci-fi. Nice. But beep, beep, beep. I'm going to back this thing back up the road. Xbox, PlayStation, Sony <laughs> did get hacked, I think, yesterday. Again. Again, yesterday at the time of recording. Yes, yeah. It was September 25th. We were recording on the 26th, Bingo. and I think the announcement was the 25th. Australian cybersecurity this... publication, Cybersecurity Connect, broke the story of a hack by a new ransomware crew called Ransomed.vc. <laughs> Ransomed.vc sounds like a group that'll be pitching at the crypto whale show, <laughs> but we can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> The thing that I so I find I find the information that came out on this very interesting because it almost sounds mm. like there's there's con- contradicting pieces of information. Like they say that what I've read is that they've compromised every one of Sony's systems, but that that they only have six thousand files. And if you think about an organization, is like the interesting the amount of files. Like you think about anything, like. You guys use Unity on one of your games, mm-hmm. like you like just <laughs> Unity alone has like sixteen thousand files. Like six thousand sure. files is not a lot of information, unless they're like six thousand backups of the entire system. But the no, so anyway, every system six thousand files, and that they're not even holding it for ransom. They've decided that the value of the intellectual property is higher than that they would get for the ransoms. So they're actually essentially putting them for sale in in the dark net so it's like i don't know it's just it's a, it's a a unique spin on it i would have assumed that they would be like we have the entire like it's not just playstation either they're talking about sony yeah. as a as a whole so it's like a lot of what Sony does in the electronics world is patented so it's like well whatever you steal regarding patented stuff is less exciting to us. We can rip something that Sony makes apart and look at the circuit board and reverse engineer it. Like that's not no. the craziest value of IP. The PlayStation stuff for sure. You know, any of the Sony gaming, Sony Entertainment stuff. The Sony cuz it was Sony Entertainment that got hacked last time, right? Yeah. It was the theater side, wasn't it? I think it was primarily yeah. the theatrical side of things cuz it concerned a yeah, Seth Rogen movie media. about North Korea, I believe was the the trigger for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. What a time. <laughs> what a time to be alive, Jordan. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my, it just, it seems like I would have thought, well, like if it, if they had said that we have 6 million files, I'd have been like, okay. Right. Like now it's a, but 6,000 files. It's, it's not like, that okay, big well, a what number. What did you get? Yeah. Like, they posted yeah. some evidence of the hack, uh, like screenshots of an internal login page, a PowerPoint presentation, some Java files, and a document tree of the 6,000 files. But as of date, we don't really know what it is. I think the specific post date that it's supposed to be going live, I guess for sale is September 28th, which we're still a few days out from. But they did post some text with this announcement. As you mentioned, quote, we have successfully compromised all of Sony's systems. We won't ransom them. We will sell the data due to Sony not wanting to pay. Data is for sale. We are selling it. The last two were in all caps. Well, what pro- 
what probably happened is that Sony has good good security systems and yeah. they ransomed and locked up a bunch of stuff and they were just like, whatever, we have a hot storage over here yeah. with a backup of it and just delete it and redo, copy, paste. And they were like, well, if you're not going to pay, we're going to sell it. Exactly. It also, like, and this is, maybe this is just me and maybe I'm talking too much, but I feel like <laughs> maybe they maybe they just copied all the files off of a shared drive. Like they found a Samba share sitting in the, in the network and they copied those files like to have a directory tree yeah. and to have like, it just like, it just seems like something that like an F drive would have on it. You know, it's like, yeah, we found this shared internal network drive and we copied it. Yeah. It's like, cool. Yeah. It's going to be one of two things, either September 26th, they're going to drop this and everyone's going to go, why wouldn't Sony have paid for this? This includes their plans for the PlayStation six. Or yeah. they're going to post something on September 26th and someone's going to overpay for, as you said, some files pulled out of a shared drive that Sony decided were not worth any money whatsoever. Uh, Sony has announced that they're investigating the situation, no further comment. And as we mentioned earlier, this isn't the first time Sony has been hacked. Uh, Sony Entertainment did forget, though, uh, the Sony PlayStation Network was breached and 77 million registered accounts were compromised uh, to some degree during that uh, previous hack a little over a decade ago at this point i was one of those accounts were you <laughs> i was yeah interesting i guess it um, technically would have been two <laughs> I, I think but I, I if i remember this correctly i think sony afterwards prepaid for a year of like a oh nice identity theft prevention system sure i think it, i think this was the psn hack it was something that i was on that got hacked I got like a year of like essentially identity theft prevention where it was monitoring a bunch of different websites to make sure nobody was using my information and right. all this jazz. So I th I'm pretty sure that was that one, but, but yeah, I do. I do remember that one. Uh, that mm. definitely did hit me. So, um, what else was I going to say about this? There was something else that was jumping to my mind. I wanted to say about this, and now it is completely gone. <laughs> <laughs> was it a bomb-ass pivot to stalkerware? Oh. Was that what popped into your brain? It could be. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Does this count? Because it's where we're going. <laughs> it is now. Strap in. This is, uh, <laughs> this, have, you, have you never heard a pivot this bomb-ass before? Well, let me tell you. So a couple of episodes ago, we talked a little bit about stalkerware. Um, stalkerware, for mm. anyone that didn't hear that episode and is unfamiliar, Broad Strokes is just uh, surveillance software installed on a person's device without their consent. Um, these are just mm -hmm. apps that are meant to pretend to be a Wi-Fi app on an Android device or something. You know, they're hiding in plain sight, and what they're actually doing is uploading uh, the user's behavior to an account that the person who installed it, the stalker in the titular stalkerware, uh, can see it. Stalkerware, not good. No bueno. We don't like it. Talked about it a few episodes ago. Uh, and this is a really quick quick one, but uh, it looks like some hackers uh, went after a piece of stalkerware called Web Detective. Not detective. 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 Correct. Uh, <laughs> detective. Compromised their servers accessed user's database, and uh, deleted it. Just deleted all of it. Mm -hmm. Del deleted all the victim's information devices from the spyware network, preventing the uploading of new data from those devices. And to 
they then posted a hashtag fuck stalkerware. So if it was, if there's any ambiguity as to why they did this, that can make it perfectly clear. So how do you feel about this one? I think it's a cool, good thing to do. Um, so you're fully in the you're fully fully in the Robin Hood camp. It's really, really hard for me to empathize with this for, with the developers of this <laughs> software. It's a tough world. I get you got to make your racket, but uh, Own Spy, developed by Mobile Innovations in Spain, makes a product that I think probably shouldn't exist, uh, and it shouldn't exist not in the sense that it offers no utility, but it in, it offers. Um, negative utility. It, it's harmful. It's a bad thing. It does bad in the world. Uh, and I think it's pretty neat that this happened. <laughs> can I say that? See, I see, think I can say that. How do you feel about it, Scott? <laughs> see, see, I've known Jordan long enough and know him morally <laughs> sure. and, and know that when he picked this story that he picked it because he's happy about this. Yeah. So you I, can hear I, it I in my voice. On the record being like, you can definitely hear your voice. Yeah. No, and how do you, how do you no feel about I don't it? know. I think uh, I, I think I've said this before on a previous podcast where we touched yeah. on something similar to this that it's like, you know, if if there's two different people breaking a breaking the law, sure, one's doing it for a positive outcome and one's doing it for a negative outcome. Yeah, you know, which one yeah. do you like more? Yeah, so. no, <laughs> this this feels to me like peak uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Totally, and having one and a half gigabytes of your very precious customer information get deleted off your servers, um, essentially nerfing your product. I, uh, I think that's cool. <laughs> this makes me feel sentimental for when <laughs> the cybersecurity and hacker community was more like this right. and less like sure. Russian yeah. ransomware. It was more like, Hey, there's people out here doing bad things, and they're yes. keeping information from the public, and we've liberated that information so that people know it. And less of people being like, "Your hospital can't function, and someone's going to die if you don't transfer us twelve billion dollars in crypto." It's like cool. I uh, completely <sighs> agree. It, it, it has shades. <laughs> it really does. Of like, you can imagine the '90s hacker movie of like, "Well, we need a villain." It's like, have you heard of a thing called, let me just get, check my notes, stalkerware. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really, really good villain uh, for a band of Robin Hoods, to borrow your, your phrasing. Exactly. Yeah. So keep it up. <laughs> Last but not least. Last um, but not least. I want to I wanna take this thing over to a place that we haven't gone, I think, about a month. Don't uh, do it. Let's go over to the crypto corner. <sighs> don't, do <it. laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, <laughs> <laughs> do it. Don't take me there. Okay. Let's talk about crypto. Let's talk about how JP Morgan, one of the largest, most respected banks in the world, is now not letting its clients buy cryptocurrencies, citing risks from criminals. Interesting. Quote uh, from Chase spokesperson in an email to BlockWorks. We are committed to helping keep our customers' money safe and secure. We've seen an increase in the number of crypto scams targeting UK customers, so we've taken the decision to prevent the purchase of crypto assets on a Chase debit card or by transferring money to a crypto site from a Chase account. So this isn't a matter of Chase was functioning as a cryptocurrency exchange. Mm -hmm. This is you can't use your fiat currency stored in our platform to purchase this product. Well, That's kind of why. Well, you think about it like this. Visa has Visa, MasterCard, all Amex, all the big 
credit card companies have some of the most, yeah. and banks wrapped into that, have some of the most comprehensive risk management, risk mitigation, fraud prevention departments, systems, AIs that the world has seen. Like AIs. Yeah, sure. Like as somebody that was into AI, like banking was like one of the first places where it went. Like the the public is seeing AI now, but it's it's existed in detecting patterns and things that violate patterns in in payment processing for a long time. And that is unsurprising that like, sure. hey, your Visa card gets compromised and what do they do with it? They immediately turn real fiat currency into money that we don't can't take yeah. back. There's no retailer at the other end being like, hey. Yeah, sure. I can give you this <laughs> money back. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get why. From a risk mitigation perspective, it makes absolute sense. The bank, <laughs> um, quoting again from that article, cited a study from Action Fraud, fraud reporting agency in the UK, which found consumer loss connected to fraud increased by 40% last year and suppressed 300 million British pounds sterling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Chase, a uh, hard line in the sand, said basically, if you would like to continue to do uh, to do this, you are free to switch banks. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. But that That's a great response. I mean, it, it it's a line in the sand, right? It's just like, listen. The amount of money we end up swallowing because people had their identity stolen that was used to purchase this product has reached such a significant point that we are willing to let you switch banks as long as we don't have to let people buy this product using our bank. Exactly. Like it, it's a cost benefit analysis. They wouldn't do it if it they didn't think it was going to save them money. We, we and the three hundred million British pounds that I, I get how they got there. That's an interesting find, man. They're like, we are a real bank that deals with the real money. <laughs> and if you want to deal with that kind of money, quote unquote money, uh, you can go to another sure. bank. I, I respect the shit out of that, honestly. I honestly wonder if that's going to come to, uh, I wonder if that's going to come to the U.S. It feels, oh, it feels much more European as we're looking at iPhones with USB-Cs uh, on the bottom of them for regulatory reasons. It feels like a very European impulse that would take several years to trickle over uh, t- to to North America. But I'm curious. I don't know. I feel I feel like it's coming faster than you think. Feel like I think, I, I think it might be coming. I, I no, I think you might be right. Like the all the telephone grifters and stuff that want you to give them like. Google App Store cards and things like that. Sure. Crypto is way better. Like it's as a oh, yeah. as an illegal digital quote unquote currency, <laughs> like sure. or, or as a place to dump, you know, profits of fraud and scam. Crypto seems like a great way to do it. You know, if you're stealing Visa cards and buying crypto coins, you know, you can then convert those theoretically back to real money at some point pretty easily versus buying like yeah sure app store gift cards <laughs> well maybe we wrap up by talking about i wonder if anyone will pitch gift cards on this show i want to talk about a television program called killer whales killer whales okay i'm going to watch the trailer Budding crypto entrepreneurs from all over the world face off against the killer whale judges. You put 10 million of your own money into this project. Are you crazy? I'm kind of crazy. 
It's coming in the alimentary canal, and it's ending up as decentralized diarrhea. Oh, my God. They are the next Disney. I'm a visionary, and I can tell he's a visionary. So this is a major red flag for me. You're entitled to your... He's pretty exceptional. (laughs) Anthony Scaramucci? Come on. (laughs) Why is Anthony (laughs) Scaramucci there, dude? (laughs) Um, This 90 seconds has some of the best line, like the density of incredible lines in this 90 second trailer. Uh, I highly recommend everyone goes and watch it. Um, a couple personal favorites. So the, the broad overview, everyone's familiar with the show shark tank where people go and ship like a uh, pitch businesses in front of uh, venture capitalists. It's that, but for crypto people are going up in front of this panel of, of judges. It's not really clear if they're actually going to invest in anything or if they're just like judging the projects, but they're pitching their crypto thing and these people are responding to it. Lines from the trailer include, they're the next Disney, said without qualification or, or like <laughs> context. Uh, we want to reimagine water is such an amazing thing to hear a person say. And the way that they're reimagining is that you can scan a QR code on the can to get your board ape or whatever it is. We want to reimagine water. So it is water. So what am I missing? Sell me another story. When you scan the can, that's where crypto and Web3 is unlocked. I actually think they are onto something. Oh my God. That's, uh, I got I to say, say this, yeah. Jordan. I Please. Think, I think I'm going to have to watch a couple episodes. Like oh, the, dude, I'm I'm fully in. I'm going to watch this entire thing. <laughs> I, I hope somebody shows up and is like, here's my pitch. Yeah. I'm going to steal a bunch of crypto. <laughs> Do crimes. And here's how it's going to work. I'm going to get super rich. And they're just like, yeah, you know, proven model. Proven That's model. good. <laughs> I'm going to call up MGM Grand and I'm going to lie using stuff I found on LinkedIn, and then I'm going to hold their casino ransom for cryptocurrency. Be like, yeah, proven model. This shark will invest. Proven model. <laughs> proven model, I'm in. Yeah. Well, I think I think credit where credit's due. I think the crypto market is still over a trillion dollars in completely unbased value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, so they've, the, by allowing people to trade nothing, they've, literally managed to create a trillion dollars in real money strictly off of speculation, which is amazing that the Securities Commission and the Treasury let that happen, but they did. So the, um, yeah, there's still a lot of money in crypto. Like Bitcoin's trading like 26, 26 plus, 26,000, which is still, you know, up a lot it's since a lot zero. Of money. Yeah, for sure. Only a, a half a trillion dollars in market cap. Yikes. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is this 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 speaks to me in like a <laughs> in the in the same oh, way my. that go that going on Twitter does. Like I only go on Twitter to like, and this is very obvious to anybody that follows us on social media. Even though I did reply to somebody yesterday, um, is. I go on Twitter to like see what the world's fighting about and like to look at the like, like it's like a, what's the right way for it? It's like a, it's like when I want to see something bad, like I'm, I'm not like watching the car crash video. Like I see killer whales is the same as something like that. Like yeah. I just want to. You're talking about hate watching. Let's just be honest here. Um, yeah, if that's the technical <laughs> term for it. but if That's the technical term. Dictionary <laughs> definition. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm just intrigued by it. I'm very, very intrigued by it that like it's reached a level. I'm not sure what this show means, but I know it's pretty entertaining listening to people talk about these types of projects using the language and narrative framing of a shark's tank or a dragon's den. Um, I, I, there's just something really funny about it. The whole thing takes place in the bat cave from the dark night. It looks like this sort of like weird low roofed glowing ceiling type thing. It looks great. It looks like a million bucks. An idea I had when I was watching this, um, a sincere idea they can feel free to get in touch with us is there's a concept in crypto, I guess in a lot of investing, FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Of course. Um, people get criticized in crypto. It's part of sort of like the in-speak of if you aren't excited about the project everyone else is excited about, you're a FUDder, a fear, uncertainty, doubter. And I don't know if it's its own whole show or a segment on this show, but I think we need to host a FUD hole, <laughs> which is just people pitching these projects to people full of fear uncertainty. <laughs> I want to watch I want to watch Fud Hole. Well, here here's the thing. I'm just on this TV show's website and they have yes. a token, of course. Why wouldn't they? So you can Sick. buy um, their tokens which Dope. are not a share in their company, else they would be trading mm -hmm. securities. They're just selling you a token. And I'm not sure what it's for like do you need a token to access the show no i think you can just watch it um but people like tokens <laughs> i guess you, you can connect your wallet to their site and you can a buy one with trillion, money do trillion dollars in <laughs> you can buy a token <laughs> and then you would have it oh man it's gonna be interesting on this episode of fud hole how can i watch the show Due to premiere on Hello TV, know, I'm really excited. I'm on their fac. We should do a we should do a watch party. Oh, we should um, for this. I'm Team Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> Sentence I've never said. Before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's end it there. Okay, we gotta let's end it there. Let's end it there. Uh, Vegas hacked. Sony hacked. Stalkerware getting taken down. Uh, crypto corner and some some fun in in the crypto corner. Uh, Can I, Scott? It's been a pleasure. I think I might make a new like handle for myself on the internet of like you know like okay. Captain Fudder, like Fud Chief Fud. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like I don't think there's anybody that I know that is as cynical towards crypto as me. So I think that I I deserve that. We've title. made a media property about it, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like I'm, I concur. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe we should make we a TV get on a show. Circuit. Maybe we should make a response TV show on YouTube where we literally watch Dude, killer whales hole. and respond to it. <laughs> I've never, I never watch response content. It's not my vibe, but like I can see the appeal for it. No, totally. I so man, we're really off the rails here. Okay. Uh, I love. Uh, call-in shows. I think it's a highly, it's very popular, but it's still an underrated format. I think they're great. I think call-in shows, you can get a ton of content. Uh, you get to hear a bunch of different people's experiences and you get you get to spend time with your, your favorite call-answering host. May and I think a call-in show where you pitch your ludicrous crypto <laughs> idea at any stage of development to two indignant people just going like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I would watch that. That sounds great. I feel I feel like 
we've we've succeeded at our 2020 or we're succeeding. It's not succeeded yet at our yeah. 2023 no, goal of yeah, getting yeah. a merch store up. Maybe our 2024 goal yeah, sure. is to do some form of routine YouTube live, Twitch, something oh, fun. and do like yeah, a, like do like a discord, like drag people into a voice chat discord or something and like actually do some, some video content. Cause I think that would be fun. I would enjoy that. I, I would like that too. Okay. Well, I would, I would, I would love somebody who thinks that crypto is the new world order to tell me why the crypto is the new world order and how I've, how I've missed the boat so far and so big. No, I, we're circling something here. We'll look back. <laughs> okay. And, and with that. It took us a calendar year to get those hats, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll catch you on, on YouTube shirt soon enough. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this was a fun one. And we'll catch you in the next one. 